What is going on? Welcome into the Sharp Angle Podcast. Thanks for joining us on a Monday. Today is Monday the 25th. And I know it's Monday. Getting back into the work week. It's all right, though. We know who's going to be in the Super Bowl. We've got a lot of hockey to talk about today. It is, of course, NHL Monday. For a long time there, we were doing NFL Mondays, but we're switching it up. We will talk a little NFL today. And actually, we'll probably do a Super Bowl special uh, coming up later this week. But uh, like I said, today's NHL Monday, so we'll bring you guys up to date what's been going on in the world of hockey, talk some updated power rankings, and all that jazz. We got the producer, Ryan, here. What's going on, Ryan? How and you doing? all that jazz. <laughs> What's that from? Is that Chicago? That's Chicago. Oh, my God. <laughs> my mom and sister used to love that movie. Do you know why I say saying that? No. Because of your mom and your sister. <laughs> yeah, that's one I could never get into. Not a big musical kind of guy. but The uh, other one was uh, Cats. Mr. Cats, Mistopheles. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. And then, uh, and then the remake. You know, they 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 had the new cats with like Taylor Swift and all that, and it Rebel did Wilson. horrible. Yeah. It did horrible. I actually, it's funny. Everyone saw that trailer and said how bad they thought it was going to be. I was the opposite. I saw the trailer. I was like, "This is going to be awesome. I want to see this movie." And it wasn't that great in the end. So anyway, uh, like I said, lots of hockey to talk about today, but. Uh, we'll start things off by going some NFL talk. Buccaneers beating the Packers this weekend and uh, the Chiefs beating the uh, Bills. So I'm going to start with the NFC Championship. Tom Brady once again. I've now bet against Tom Brady two weeks in a row, and that's what happens. I mean, the thing also, I said this on the show on, on Sunday's Quick Picks, when I bet the Packers this weekend, and it wasn't much, it was a little bet, but I was rooting for the Buccaneers. I was cheering for Tom Brady. Like, I wanted them to win. I wanted them to do well. And so that always sucks when there's a team who you want to win and you bet against them and then they end up covering anyway. It's like, oh, God. So, you know, Tom Brady's sitting there. The Buccaneers are doing well. I'm just watching the Packers crush my dreams. Uh, but what did you think of that game? I mean, look, obviously the spread was Packers minus three. Uh, the Buccaneers, I think, right now are just a little bit undervalued. I was probably on the wrong side. I think they're hitting their stride. Uh, one thing I can say is never bet against Tom Brady in January and February. I know, but but it, it's they're get they're getting things done. I mean, yeah. what what else can you say? Well, and and actually, as I I talked about he threw this three in interceptions. The, yeah, no, I, I get it, and and I said this with the Chiefs on uh, on Sunday. I don't think the Chiefs. This season, they had stats that accurately reflected how good they really are. And maybe it's the same for the Bucs. Maybe if you go back to, you know, before week seven, when this team was still getting used to Tom Brady's system and still learning who they really were, maybe you have to throw a lot of those stats out. I mean, we always talk about this. When you guys evaluate how heavy to weigh one certain game, a four-game stretch all season long, it's not the same for every team. You know, in the Buccaneers, maybe one of those teams where maybe we were a little bit off to start the season and, and, and there's a reevaluation process. And uh, look, I, I gave out the Chiefs as my main play last weekend. I think the Packers were like a weak second pick that I wanted to give out. But still, you know, I, I do believe the takeaway here is Tom Brady's tough to it's tough to evaluate really how good Tampa Bay is right now. And I promise you guys, when the Super Bowl is here and it's here and you can bet on it with all these props and everything... The line for the Super Bowl is usually not wrong. It's usually not off enough to where we can make these bets. The NFL market is so tight, so liquid as is. When it gets to the Super Bowl and there's only one game, there's no 
information out there that anyone's sitting on. There's no, you know, little nuances of, of info or and any kind of little mitigating factors that impact the Super Bowl like any other week. So these are tight lines. There's probably no value, even though the Chiefs opened up a three-point favorite. Probably not a whole lot of value, even though the Bucks are kind of tough to evaluate right now. The AFC Championship went very much how I thought it would go. I mean, I didn't think the Chiefs would win by exactly 14 points, but that was my favorite play this weekend. And my main reason for that was... I think the Chiefs all year long did what they had to had to do to get a 14 and 2 record, but that was about it. They didn't exceed expectation that often because they didn't need to. You know, and, and a lot of people this offseason or I, I should say this postseason, they've said Kansas City hasn't covered 7 games in a row. The Chiefs haven't looked like their dominant selves. They don't they they can't put teams away like last year. And I kept saying, well, maybe they can. They're 14 and 2. They just did what it, it, it took every week to get the win, and that's about all they did. That's because all they had. That's all they had to do. So not a huge surprise last week. The Chiefs get the 14 point win. The Bills are good, but everyone thought the Bills had a chance to go in there and win. I never really thought that th- that was the case. Were you surprised with the AFC? Yeah, I mean, as as far as the AFC and the NFC Championship goes, I think we had very questionable coaching decisions as far as going going for it on fourth down versus kicking a field goal i mean in the packers game you had a fourth and i think a fourth and two or three um from from the three yard line going well, in was that uh, i think that may have been regardless i think it was fourth and goal from like the five or six yeah exactly and, so, and so, they could have kicked it and they, and they went three and out and and well and, well no they kicked the field goal uh, that's what i meant they could have gone for it exactly. and they ended up kicking and they, they should have and that, right. that that's 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 on lafleur and and you LeFleur. know LeFleur, cram it up your cram hole LeFleur. uh LeFleur. you know and that, that's that's one of those things is is we put so much um put so much pressure on these players and then sometimes when you know the rubber meets the road coaches make bad decisions yeah and i don't know what to make of that i mean obviously looking back hindsight it wasn't a good play if they look without that from a betting standpoint you don't you don't know that that's going to happen obviously without that pass interference call who knows they they punt the ball after that if that's the case they're getting it back tom brady threw a pick three drives in a row so I think it's easy to go back and, and, and get on the floor for that call. The floor. I, I, you know, I think there's a lot they could have done different throughout the game, but I, you know, that doesn't look like a great call looking back. And the Bills, I don't put a whole lot of stock into those bad calls. It's tough. When you play the Chiefs and the Chiefs are playing at that level, you've got to pull out whatever you can to win. And maybe they were too conservative. They're talking about the Bills. Well, and at the same time, I've, I've said it before, you can't trade field goals for touchdowns. Yeah, exactly. Because, because Kansas City's going to score. Yep, and they did. So Kansas City and the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl 53? 55? Wow. I'm behind on that one. <laughs> yeah, where have you been? I don't, <laughs> I don't know, but uh, like I said, stay tuned later on this week. We'll do a Super Bowl preview show uh, Friday, Saturday, something like that. So, well, actually, we got a couple weeks before the Super Bowl. So stay tuned. Give us a follow on Twitter at SharpAnglePod, and we'll let you guys know when that's coming out. All right, let's get to some NHL talk. It is NHL Monday. And uh, let's get you up to date with what's been going on lately in the world of hockey. First off, how about Tyler Toffoli? Tyler Toffoli, eh? He got the NHL first star of the week. Eight points in four games last week. Five goals and three assists. And he's been a big reason why Montreal is currently first place. First place in the Canadian division. And right now... If you ask me, the Canadian division is by far going to be the toughest one to predict how this thing ends. You take Ottawa out, because Ottawa, 
probably doesn't have what it takes to keep up this year. Any team right now between Montreal, Toronto, Winnipeg, Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver, it's pretty much up in the air. Obviously, some teams have a bit of an edge over others, but right now the Canadian division or the North, whatever you want to call it, is by far the toughest to predict. Uh, looking at, you know, across divisions right now, going over to the West, uh, Minnesota right now is the surprise team. They're currently in second place ahead of St. Louis, Colorado. I don't think things end that way necessarily, but Minnesota starting the season pretty hot. And we'll talk about teams who's moved in the power rankings, where certain teams are, but Minnesota starting the season uh, pretty hot. But again, a theme of today's show and talking about power rankings and evaluating teams, we don't want to overreact, right? Minnesota, four wins, two losses through their first six games, second place in the West, that's great, but we don't want to overreact based on small sample size. Uh, going over to the East, New Jersey. How about the the Devils? Currently third place in the East. Three wins through the first five games. One loss in regulation. They've looked really good so far. P.K. Subban obviously leading that team. And that young talent. You know, Jack Hughes. These guys who have been expected to get better. They have gotten better. And New Jersey, look... Again, let's not pump the brakes, right? They're currently in third place in the East. That doesn't mean I'm getting on here celebrating the Devils. Hey, it's time to buy the Devils. But it's interesting. Looking right now in the season, they've started hotter than a lot of people had them starting. And then we get to the Central. And the Central, I think, oh boy. I mean, it's just not going to be that good this year. I think that Chicago, Nashville, Detroit are all going to underperform. Dallas got lucky. They moved from the Central to, well, the old Central to the new Central, which has a bunch of new teams in it. They... They right now look like one of the better teams. Tampa Bay should win it, but right now the Central looking pretty bleak. All right, let's get to some power rankings news. Uh, by the way, again, give us a follow on Twitter if you aren't already at Sharp Angle Pod. We'll post our full uh, power rankings. So we'll only go through a couple power rankings today, maybe some bigger changes from last week to this week, some surprises, things like that. But we'll post every single team on our Twitter. So head to Twitter and you can get some updated power rankings in the NHL. Before we get to some more power rankings talk, though, special thanks to a new show sponsor, Better Edge. I'm really excited to, uh, to start talking about these guys. I'm going to now, uh, obviously, every single day on the pod, we'll have a chance to bring up Better Edge and let you guys know how they can help your sports betting. Uh, Better Edge is a brand new sports betting platform uh, launched in the USA. And the cool thing about Better Edge, and again, it's B-E-T-T-O-R, Better Edge. Uh, the cool thing about Better Edge, they're not necessarily a sports book, quote-unquote, right? But you can still go on and make any plays you want to do so. It's really unique. It's so it's actually kind of the first of its kind, as, as, as far as I'm concerned, in the United States. It's more of a sports betting exchange, okay? This is really popular over in the UK. And the idea goes like this. If we're exchanging games, right? You want one side of a game, I want the other side. Better Edge facilitates trades between two of us. So it actually kind of acts like a stock market where you can buy and sell positions in the sports betting market, right? And the best thing about all of this is there's no VIG. There's literally no VIG. It is no VIG betting. And we'll talk much more in detail about this in the next couple of months. But this is so important because we always talk about this on the show. One of the main ways you lose money betting in sports is the VIG, right? If we always bet no VIG over the long run, you're expected to go 50-50. You're expected to break even. Technically, no VIG betting is allowing you to bet risk-free. 
That doesn't mean you're suddenly going to become a millionaire, but what that does mean is you mitigate your losses so much better. So again, betteredge.com, B-E-T-T-O-R, betteredge.com. Check them out today. Sign up using promo code SHARP. That's all, all caps, S-H-A-R-P. And uh, like I said, well, you know, today's the first day we're talking about them, but I can't wait to dig in deeper throughout these next couple of months and let you guys know about Better Edge. But I promise you, if you want to start making more money immediately and start betting without a VIG, check them out online, betteredge.com. That's B-E-T-T-O-R, edge.com. And no rollover requirements. So it's pretty cool stuff. Um, all right, let's get on to some Power Rankings news. Uh, power rankings in the NHL. We're going to update these every single Monday on the podcast, and we'll release uh, the full power rankings because we're not going to go every team one through thirty-two every single week. But uh, I'll talk right now. But uh, check it out on Twitter. We will post it on on, uh, on our social media. But I've got a couple teams who've made some big changes from last week to this week, and let's talk about them right now. Number one is well, and this is in no particular order as you'll see. But number one is the Detroit Red Wings. They dropped from 28th overall to dead last, but it's not just the fact that they went from 28th to 31st. That's not that big of a jump. It's how much they fell, right? Being the last place team doesn't necessarily mean you're that far away from being the 30th team, the 31st team, right? Sometimes a lot of teams can be clustered there in the end. It is by far Detroit, the last place team in the NHL, and it's not even close. So that's been a huge change from last week to this week, 28th to dead last, and it's a pretty big fall. Uh, Vancouver has fallen dramatically as well, and that is the horrible start they've gotten off to so far. Now, as I mentioned, you know we don't want to overreact to any given small sample size or any 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 you know cluster of games but Vancouver has looked very bad to start the season they miss they're missing a lot of their main pieces from last year and when that leadership leaves a locker room you can see it's not just stats it's not just X's and O's where you have to make up for it it's in the locker room and with that leadership as well Vancouver fell from 13th overall to 21st overall the biggest change from last week to this week the Vancouver Canucks now I do want to say uh, and tonight, there's a game coming up here in four or five hours. The Canucks are hosting the Ottawa Senators. Uh, the Canucks right now, and if you look at period betting, I got them first period for minus 130. I like that bet. I'm betting Vancouver tonight. Just because they fell from 13 to 21st doesn't necessarily make them unbettable, but no doubt about it, just talking about numbers, they fell the farthest from last week to this week. Uh, and maybe a uh, big surprise in terms of rising in the rankings, Montreal went from 24th overall to 18th overall. And we talked about Tyler Toffoli to start the show. Montreal getting a lot of production from these young players. And I know they've looked really good to start the season, but I could hear a lot of you guys out there right now. Montreal, 18th overall. Are you kidding me? But the thing is, like I said, they've looked great. I think we've done a good job accurately upgrading them, but we can't overreact to how good they've been so far, right? They, they suddenly haven't gone from being a below average team to an elite contender. Okay, so 24th to 18th, big jump. I think we're, we're doing what we can to give Montreal credit, but we're not overreacting. Uh, a couple teams where I'm really surprised, uh, Nashville. Nashville's been all over my board, and I had them 19th to start the season, okay? Nashville came into my rankings, uh, ranked 19th. And then I upgraded them. You know, last week on the show, I said Nashville's my up, my most upgraded team in the NHL because they went from 19th to 11th. And then last week, they fell a couple spots from 11th to 13th overall. So Nashville has a lot of question marks. I'm not quite sure what to do with this team. And that exists. You know, in every power ranking system, 
Some teams you feel better about than others. And right now, Nashville, I've got a bit of a question mark around them. They're 13th overall right now, but they have looked inconsistent up to this point. Uh, The Dallas uh, Stars, you know, they're 15th right now, and everybody out there probably thinks I have Dallas too low. They were in the, in the, uh, the Stanley Cup last year. They've looked really good to start the season this year. But Dallas is not. I, I think the market is over has Dallas overrated. And I Dallas is gonna have to prove it to me. Now I do think that they deserve an upgrade just because the the, the central division this year. You know, like I mentioned, Dallas got a big break. They went from a tough central division to an easy central division. So you have to upgrade them a little bit based on what their schedule is gonna look like this year. But you know, Dallas at fifteenth, I do have a question, you know, questions about this team. And by the way, I think Dallas maybe should should be higher. You know, my my model spits these numbers out and I don't like to argue with what I see because you can't go in and start nitpicking. and st- That's the point of a power ranking system is to get rid of these little biases here or there and just see mathematically what any given system will tell you. And right now, Dallas 15th, when I saw it, I'm like, damn, you know, they, they probably should be higher, at least according to me, what I'm seeing, but they aren't so far. Now, that could also mean maybe I need to tweak a few things here or there, right? Maybe I'm the one who built the system after all. Maybe I need to adjust a little thing here, a little thing there. We'll find out about Dallas. But right now, 15th overall, maybe a little underrated. We'll keep an eye on them. And then uh, Carolina. You know, Carolina is such a surprise to me because I, no matter what I do, I, I, I just don't think I give them enough respect because going back to halfway through last season, I I've, I've haven't liked Carolina at all. I think they play really questionable offense. They have a lot of turnovers at neutral ice. They have mediocre goaltending, but for some reason... Rod Brindamore gets them to play better and better, it seems, every single season he's there. And Carolina, again, I test. I don't think they're a top 10 team. Hell, I wouldn't even call them an above average team. But my power rankings have Carolina number nine, so I thought that was pretty interesting. And then last year in my uh, surprises and biggest question marks in my uh, power rankings, Arizona at 21st. Because I think Arizona has the highest volatility this season out of any team. Arizona is currently 21st in my power rankings, but I honestly believe if they play as well as they can this year, they could go all the way as high as, you know, a a top 10 team, maybe a a high teens, right? And if they play bad this year, I could see them falling to mid-20s. So Arizona, they lost some pieces this offseason. It's going to be a question mark, can they produce? Can, uh, can, Can Keller score enough on offense? Can they get things going without... Uh, uh, Taylor Hall, who, by the way, is looking pretty good in Buffalo. You know, so there are question marks with Arizona. But right now, I think that we may be buying Arizona a little bit low at 21 overall because I don't think they drop too much more in the season, and I only see them going up from here. By the way, let's give a little free pick out for tomorrow. I love the uh, Arizona Coyotes tomorrow. Market price right now, around minus... Uh, 140 or so, and I think that's a pretty good price. Now, keep in mind, we talked about Better Edge earlier. If you go to betteredge.com, you start trading VIG free. Tomorrow, when these games open up, you can probably find Arizona for maybe 120, 125. I mean, I'm talking huge savings if you use Better Edge. So that's one example right there, but I'm waiting to see what Arizona opens up at tomorrow, uh, betteredge.com, because I think I can get a really good price there. All right, let's move on to what we've learned so far or can assume in the NHL up to this point in the season. And what we've learned so far, we'll do kind of one of these bullet points every week. Away teams should slightly improve statistically. And this this applies for every NHL team. 
Okay, 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 we're back. Sorry, sorry about that. Some alarms going off in the studio. I don't know what the heck that was. Anyway, where was I? Uh, away stats need to be improved. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Thanks, right? Um, so what we can what we can or what we can assume so far in the season, and what we've learned so far, you know, through through a couple games from every team, is that away stats should slightly improve, and that's for every team. This is a universal thing that we can expect this season, and this is. Uh, so if you're if you're a better defensive team, we can expect your defensive stats to slightly improve this year on the road. If you're an offensive team, we can expect your offense to improve slightly this year on the road. There's two reasons for this. First of all, it's the familiarity that these teams will develop with one another through the year. As we talked about you know last week on a podcast, uh, is that the, the the scheduling this year in the NHL is division only. You don't play anyone out of your own division. It's crazy. So. The travel is greatly cut down because of that, and the familiarity through the season as these teams get to know each other, that's going to lead to these teams doing what they do better, right? So first of all, familiarity, and this is going to happen the more this season con- continues. The more familiar these teams get with one another, uh, you know, the, the better they're going to play. And then also, uh, the the travel, and we just kind of talked about this with, with the scheduling, but it's the idea that now the the cross country trips, flying from Vancouver to Florida or Winnipeg to Arizona, those are gone now. So when you're going shorter trips, you can expect your production on the road will increase, right? That's that's a that's a given. I mean, you don't have to be a stats major, a, a, you know, into data science to learn any of that, right? That's right. Wouldn't you say that's pretty given, right? You cut down travel through throughout the entirety of a season, and this season's a little shorter, fifty-two games. Not eighty-two, but that's common sense, right? Well, yeah. I mean, your your athletes are creatures of habit. Yeah, so exactly. So the, the the less that you bring into that's going to rock their world, quote unquote, give air quotes here. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, obviously, you're going to get better performance. Exactly, and you say obviously that that should be obvious, and we talk about it on the show because we want to want to hammer that in that these defensive st- or these away stats, right? These road stats. It should improve universally. That's why we say that. It's because when you look at something that important, so many factors that you're now taking away, it's only going to be good for all these teams. All right, and then before we end up or or wrap up things on today's podcast, let's talk about some news. We got news. News. What are they saying? Always sunny. I got news. I got news. I got news. News. All right. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, I've been wanting to talk about this. This happened last week, I think the day after we did our NHL Monday show. Pierre-Luc Dubois moved from Columbus to Winnipeg, and uh, he's taken a 2022 third-round pick with him in his back pocket. Uh, from Winnipeg... Could, ba- yeah. Sorry, can you give me that name one more time? Pierre-Luc Dubois. I think you have peanut butter uh, stuck on the roof of your mouth. <laughs> All right. And I tell you, man, these hockey rosters. Whew. <laughs> Uh, and it, you know it's funny. It's almost every single week when I do the hockey show, someone DMs me on Twitter and says, "You said this guy's name wrong." I'm like, "I know." It's a- <laughs> yeah. I apologize. Exactly, French man. is not my second language. <laughs> These guys are from all over the world. It's crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, Pierre Luc Dubois moving to Winnipeg, and then back from Winnipeg to Columbus, Patrick Line and Jack Roslovic. So, what does that mean for each team? Okay, we're going to give Winnipeg a slight upgrade because Patrick Laine had really not been happy for a few years. You know, it was kind of weird in that locker room. Now, things had quieted down. He wasn't very vocal this year, but I think it is an improvement in the locker room. 
by the way, Pierre-Luc Dubois will be able to replace the goal scoring that Patrick Laine exhibited because of the style Winnipeg plays, right? Winnipeg plays very open, up and down. That's going to fit perfectly with, with Dubois. On the other hand, I think we also have to upgrade Columbus just slightly because, again, the locker room. That was a big issue, like 10 times the issue, because... Pierre-Luc Dubois made it very known this year. He didn't want to be in Columbus. He didn't want to play for John Tortorella. That was very public. So we knew that, you know, getting him out of the locker room, bringing in another talent, that's a good thing, especially since Patrick Laine and Ross Levesque want to be there. I think Patrick Laine will fill in great. I think he's as talented as Dubois. Now, don't think he's going to bring all these goals over with him because as we said, Winnipeg plays a much more offensive style or much more a style much more conducive for offense than does Columbus. So that's going to be a question. How does Line's contribution, you know, offensively translate because Columbus doesn't play near as as fast or up and down as Winnipeg does. But because they brought both Line and Roslovic over, we will slightly upgrade the Columbus Blue Jackets. Keep in mind, the USA, okay, so teams in the United States have a seven-day quarantine mandated for all trades. And in, Can- in, in uh, Canada, it's a 14-day quarantine. So uh, in just a couple days, uh, Wednesday or Thursday, uh, Patrick Laine and Jack, Jack Roslevic will be able to play for uh, Columbus. And uh, in another week or so, Pierre-Luc Dubois will be able to play for Winnipeg. Again, two-week quarantine for Canada, one week for USA teams. Is that with or without tests? Uh, that's with. So you get there, you get tested. Yep. And then, uh, yep. So that's included in there. So, all right, moving on. Uh, David Pasternak, uh, Boston's right winger, expected to return this week. And hey, they're saying it's all good news so far. You know, he got that surgery back in uh, mid September, and he's been working on getting back now for a few weeks, but he's slotted and expected to play right in that first line where he, where he left off. So, of course, center Patrice Bergeron, left wing Brad Marchand, David Pasternak will slide right in there to first wing right wing and he will greatly help uh, Boston. And last year, uh, Carolina still dealing with COVID issues. They haven't played since January 18th. They're supposed to return this Friday on the 28th. So that's news uh, from Carolina. Uh, they seem to have fixed everything in terms of those uh, COVID issues, but they are uh, expected to return the 28th against, I believe, the Tampa Bay Lightning. So, all right, that does it for today's show. Again, head to Twitter. Uh, we will post our updated power rankings and uh, get all that up there for you guys. So whatever you have today, tonight, good luck. We'll talk to you tomorrow on the Sharp Angle Podcast.